your tired and bring your shame Bring your guilt and bring your pain Don't you know that's not your name You will always be much more to me We've been looking at sowing a seed and we gave those little bookmarks out with a, a seed, different types of seed, and we don't realize what's in us. And so we need to seek God because everybody has got an assignment for life. Every one of us have got that assignment. And we notice that our warfare, it doesn't come with guns and swords. How the devil attacks us most times is in our souls. Because the Bible says, we know we body, soul, and spirit. And the Word of God says in 2 John that as your soul prospers, your soul, that's your emotions, your will, your mind, as your soul prospers, so will you prosper and be in health. And so that's very important to us. And so we see that uh, Satan will come in and try and attack our emotions. It will be through disappointments, through hurts, through death of loved ones, um, through people letting us down, uh, maybe a bad divorce, maybe a bad experience. There's so many things, and um, the devil just wants to get to us and break us down. And um, it, 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 it also we looked at it can be bitterness, and I'd say be careful of unforgiveness and bitterness. Because when we're in unforgiveness and bitterness, the devil's really got a stronghold on us, and... Um, he literally can do what he likes with us. Husbands and wives. Husbands and wives, be careful. Guard your relationships. Husbands and wives, speak life over each other. Bless one another. Speak the word to one another. Yes, as couples, we will have our arguments. We will have our differences. We will have our fights. Otherwise, you're not human. Okay? But guard it. Sort it out. Get the word of God into it. Do it. And then worship God. And then we looked at Habakkuk 3, um, 17 to 19, where Habakkuk has this devastating news of what God is going to do. And yet he says, yet will I exalt the God of my salvation. Yet I will rejoice in him. And I, I was listening to Dion, um, uh, well, I, I don't call when Dion does it a welcome, he preaches. Um, but uh, th that joy and that worship is so important to us. And despite our circumstances, we praise Him. He is the God of our salvation. We have eternal life because of Him. And so we've got so much to praise Him for. Uh, we can't always just look at the bad that's happening to us and around the world. But I, I, I don't want to go too far into there. And um, I, I really want to help you a little bit this morning. And... What has spurred this on is um, actually what, what, what's happened to, to Tish and, and what we're saying, um, what's happened there with her. And I, wanna, I just want to help you a little bit. And I'm not getting anybody. I'm not knocking anybody. I don't normally use my phone. I'm, 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 I'm technologically totally disadvantaged okay i mean but totally but i can read a whatsapp <laughs> okay and um and, and i actually know how to get it which is quite amazing i think my son thinks that's amazing and so does Johan, because i've always got to ask them to help me but um 
I'm just trying to look. I wanted to share something, quote something from you. I'll get it now for you. But um, if, 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 if we look, especially in the situation, and I'm using what's happened with Tish right now, I've sometimes had people send me a WhatsApp. I don't know where they've got it from. It's been forwarded to them, and I've had a few saying, we've received this. Is it true? And we're so sorry in that. And um, I just want to quote one, and I'm not kidding. If, this, if it was you that sent it, I'm not kidding at you. I want to help you. Um, a message goes out like bad news, Tish, and, and they name her, her condition. She's very, very sick, and Andrew's back from China. And, and then they say, I think she's at an end soon, unless God heals her. Um, can I tell you, that's not warfare language. That's not warfare language. That is giving in to what Satan can do in the circumstance. And every prayer that's going up to fight for her is negated by something like this, which means we have to pray more. And I want to ask you a question. Yes. Doesn't the word say um, that the reason, the purpose Jesus the came into saying, the world was to destroy the works of the devil? He came to destroy the works of the devil. And we got to stand. Um, I've, I've asked you on just to play like a clip that we got from Quinton. And I want you to just see saying, the difference between keep up the these good fight. two. You need to fight. You need to fight to live. You need to fight this, this challenge. And... And do not despair, do not lose hope, but realize that the Lord has still got a lot of work for you to do. And he wants to accomplish so much through you and with you. There's a generation that is in need of your wisdom. The Lord has poured out the gift of wisdom into your life. And there's a generation that still needs to hear what you have to say, what the Lord has to say through you. And so I just feel that today that you need to be, rise up, rise up and be strengthened now in the name of Jesus. Do not lose hope, but trust in the Lord now. We, we know that we want to be with the Lord. Um, we we want to we dwell with Him forever, and that time is coming. But there's souls that need God's saving grace over them. And Tish, the Lord wants to anoint you, to raise you up. So be strengthened this day in the name of Jesus and, and, and rise up and be made whole. Love you, Pastor Tish. Love you with all my heart. Be strengthened now today. We, ever since the day we heard about your situation, we haven't ceased to pray for you. The Lord is working and the Lord is mindful of you and your family, but he's mindful of you now to strengthen you. Love you.
You, you see, I want to help you, and this is even for your personal situation, how you pray and how you're speaking into things. And you, we, we need to be speaking life. Um, Pastor Liesel from the Presbyterian Church, she sent me a message saying, Andre, I want you to know I've made a choice, and that is to stand on the word that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed, and that every prophecy that's been spoken over Tish will come to pass. Every word that she has in her of the word of God will heal her and come to pass. And I'm standing on that. And, and, and I'm not knocking what that person said because I know that's the way we tend to talk. But I want to help us this morning. That is not warfare. That is, in a sense, giving in. Um, and, and I want to share a few things with you this morning to help you as we're doing um, that we're in a war. Um, if, if you're in a war and you see these war movies, and um, before I was born again, I used to love war movies. <laughs> I used to listen to all the Second World War documentaries, and uh, I could tell people so much about them. But in these war movies and even movie movies that they make, if your best friend is shot up and his face is blown off and he's lying next to you, it's hard, it's emotional, it, it wrenches, it gets at you. But when you are a soldier, when you see something like that, and you even saw it in the movie Braveheart, when they saw someone killed, they would be twice as determined to fight the enemy. Amen? And so when something happens, or something, someone falls, or someone's injured, or someone's hurt, or someone in your family, something's going wrong, um, your kids have gone off the rails, or whatever, you, you, you know, some parents I know prayed and prayed and prayed for years for their kids, and then they stop and think, oh, well, that's the way. No, you keep fighting. You keep pressing in. You do not stop whether you're driving to school, driving to work, as Quentin says, you pray for them. You speak life over them. You call the promises of God over them. That is warfare. You, you, you see, um, last night after the wedding, I, I went to be with Tish for a while, and uh, the person who drove me there was there, so I, we decided with Andrew we were going to pray. Uh, my, Andrew's my son. Um, to pray for her, and we spent time praying, and then um, someone put some worship music on, and we prayed. We, we were not praying looking at what we saw. Amen. The Bible says we call those things that be not as though they are. And we were praying, and what I loved about one of the people, well, it was just the three of us, said, Pastor Tish, you better be ready to get up and be in church on Sunday. You see, that's faith. <laughs> Hello? Now, is she here? No. Does that mean he was stupid? No. That's how we speak. If we wanted to live, that's how we speak. You, you see, if you look, um, when, when um, I'm getting off track a little bit, but when, when, when the woman with the issue of blood um, came to Jesus, and um, she, um, oh, now I've lost my place here. Anyway, um, uh, the woman of the issue of blood comes, but Jairus, one of the rulers of the synagogue, had said to Jesus, my daughter's ill and, and she's very ill, please come pray for her. But here this woman interrupts the whole scene. And this woman touches his garment and he said, who touched me? And you all know the story. And they, they say, well, there's so many people around you. Uh, how do we know? And then he says, daughter, when she says it's her, you be made holy, calls her a daughter because of her faith. Because of her faith. And then Jairus' 
servants or messengers come to him and says, don't worry, the master, your daughter is dead. And he said, take heart, believe. Do not lose faith. And he goes there. And when he gets there and... <laughs> All the people are already in the room mourning and crying and weeping because this little girl is gone. And he goes there and he says, she's just sleeping. And they mock him and they ridicule him and they think he's crazy. And they laugh at him. And you know what he does? He sends them all out the room. Because when Jesus needs to work, there cannot be unbelief. There can be no unbelief if you want him to work. Can I have an amen on that? He sent them all out and he called two of his best disciples with him and he took her by the hand and he said, Talita, get up. And she rose up and he said, bring her water to drink. You see, we're very quick in the natural because of our emotions and our heart and how we feel to say, well, it's finished. Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus <clears throat> send word to Jesus where he is, and our brother is very sick. He, he could die. You must come immediately. <laughs> and don't you love Jesus? He takes four days to get there. <laughs> and when he gets there, the sister says, If you had been here, if only you'd been here, he would have lived. And he says, but I'm the resurrection and the life. And she says, yes, I know that. But she's not really understanding what he's saying. He is the resurrection and the life. He can raise the dead. And he goes and he weeps. Why did he weep? He wept for their unbelief. He wept because they were mourning. Because they didn't have faith in him. And he goes there. And you know what? <laughs> I believe he stood at those tombs and he had to say, Lazarus, come forth. Because if he just said, come forth, all the dead would have risen. He would have just seen all these guys popping out. He had to be specific. Lazarus, come forth. And in those days when they died, before they put him in the tomb, they put myrrh and all sorts of ointments and they'd wrap them up. So they were like a mummy. Anybody know what a mummy is? You know, an Egyptian mummy, you know. Not your mummy at home. And he says, come forth. Now, I want, I want you to get this picture. I want you to get this picture. So yeah, he comes as a mummy. I mean, he most probably could hardly walk. And he comes out of this tomb. And Jesus has to say to them, unwrap him. Because they were just looking like, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, here's your brother coming out. Huh? He can't even see because he's all wrapped up. He's tied up and so he's walking just hoping you know, he's not going to go falls in something. <laughs> and Jesus says, take the cloth off him, man. In other words, he's alive. He's whole. Listen, any person who's been dead four days, I would say there's a, a kind of stench if they've been in the tomb and your organs have stopped. The fluid from your brain has stopped. And when the fluid of your brain stops, you're dead. And yet Jesus just said, Lazarus, come forth. You, you, you see, we do not give up hope. <laughs> Hello? Even if we see it's death, we do not give up hope. You see, people, one, one person said to me, and out of the kindness of their heart, because I know they're thinking of me, and they said, well, well, well what will you do if, if Tish does pass away? 
I said, even in death, she's victorious. Because death has lost its thing. Actually, she'll have graduated from here into eternal life. I said, but the thing is this, David, King David and Bathsheba sin. And then they have a child. And Nathan the prophet comes and says, your child is going to die. And what does David do? David gets into, I don't know why I buttoned this. Okay, I can't stand it. Um, uh, uh, David, the Afrikaans mensen zal dit beter verstaan als ek in Afrikaans weet. Sê, hy sit in sak en as. He's in sackcloth and ashes. That's how they prayed to God when they, they went before God earnestly. He's prostrate in that, and he doesn't eat or drink, and he's praying to God that his child will live. And after a few days, he sees his advisors all come there. And he looks at them, and he says, is the child dead? And they say, yes. David, the word of God says, gets up, washes his face, goes to eat, to strengthen himself and then carries on the calling that he has as king for his country. You see, what we've got to understand is that God has the final say. And no matter what it is, we need to rise up after that if we really want to, <laughs> if, if we want God to bless us, if we understand that we're in a warfare and there are losses sometimes and David gets up. And he continues, why? Because he cried before God, but God had the say. And David now says, that's it. The I am has settled it. My covenant God has settled it. I now need to carry on. You, you, you see, we, we, need to, we need to get that in our hearts. Um, um, in, 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 in Luke... And I didn't give you on these scriptures, but you get lazy looking at them on the board, okay? <laughs> um, in, in, in Luke chapter 4 and verse 38, it says, Jesus left the synagogue and went to the house of Simon. Now listen to this. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. Here Simon's mother-in-law says so she's obviously older. She's got this high fever. And we all know what happens to us if we have a high fever. When we rushed to hospital on Wednesday, her body was on fire. And we know that's not good. Her temperature's up. We know that's bad. And um, so I, 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 just, I just want you to get this. You see, so Jesus bent over her. It says in verse 39, is it? Yeah, so he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. Jesus didn't stand there. I'm just trying to help us here. It says, she got up at once and began to wait on them. Listen, when Jesus does the work, it's over. He said, that fever's gone. She's lying. You know, fever makes you work. He rebukes the fever. She gets up, and she starts serving them. You see, this is how we've got to see God. This is how we've got to understand him. This is how we've got to see how he works. Amen. Amen? <laughs> and you know what happened? Um, and when the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all the various kinds of sicknesses, laying his hands on each one. He healed them. What happened? Word gets out that, that these people trusted Jesus, and he came and healed. But I don't hear Jesus saying, oh dear, it doesn't look so good. Oh dear, she's really bad, Peter. 
Sure, I, mean, I, hope, I hope this is going to work. <laughs> and to come back to warfare, you know, if you're in war, man, and, and, and everything is going wrong, you, you, and, and I want you to hear me this way. I'm trying to help you, please, in warfare. And, and man, we've had to be in warfare in the ministry. And I want to tell you, if you're fighting and you've got your friend falling on your left-hand side, a man injured on the right, uh, you can't say, well, only God can help now. Because God can only work when we are believing. God can only work when we are pressing in and praying. God can only work when we're standing on His Word. Amen? So we can't say, oh, well, looks bad, looks like she's going to go, only God can help. God saying, well, what are you going to do with you, my hands, my feet, you, my instrument, you, my spiritual person, you're the one that's got to speak the life. The authority that Jesus gave you, he gave you. Are you using that authority? Are you with me this morning? Now, I know I'm diverting a little bit from the series, but uh, it's, it's just passion in my heart that, that, that we come right and we speak life. And now I've got some shocking news for a lot of you. Coming to church isn't just sitting on your blessed assurances here on Sunday mornings. <laughs> we have to get encouraged and hear the word and worship God together. There's, there's, there's something in corporate worship and the word. But there's a fight out there. And it's intensifying. People are dying. People are, 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 are dying of overdoses of drugs and alcohol and heartache and, and, and stress and pressure and all these things. But I want to tell you, the children of Israel were having a tough time in Egypt, if any of you know the story. They, they were treated as slaves and Pharaoh made it harder and harder for them and wanted more bricks and they had to collect more straw and, and, and get less. Hmm. And then God, you've got to hear this church, please. Then God supernaturally delivered them. God took them out of Egypt and they took literally the wealth of Egypt with them. And yet they come to the promised land. And this is where I want to help us. Sometimes when God gives us a bit of a miracle or releases us, I want you to know the fight is not over. The fight is not over. Just because God has saved you and blessed you and you've been baptized and filled with the Spirit and He's given you a gift, the fight is not over. You see, because at that point, when they were on the threshold of the promised land, God spoke to Joshua, their leader. And we see in Joshua 1, verses 3 to 4, he says, Arise, go over this Jordan unto the land which I do give them. Now, I want you to hear this. God has given them the land. Isn't that awesome? So what do we think? You know, we enter, oh, God's given them land. They just walk in and possess it. Hasn't God given us promises of healing, of health, of blessing, of prosperity, of, 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 I mean, every promise? And we think, oh, well, I'm just going to step into it. But listen, listen. <laughs> every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, I have given to you. And, and we hear people use that, and I shudder when I hear that. They say, I'm going to walk around this place because God has given it to me. You don't know you're going to have to fight for it. Hello? 
You're going to have to. I said at the wedding yesterday, and I said to the young man who, who drove me there and brought me back, I said, I've never said that at a wedding before. But I said to the groom, I said, I want you to know from today you're in a fight. You, you become a warrior because you're going to have to fight for this marriage. You're going to have to fight for this relationship. You're going to have to fight that the devil doesn't wreck it. Come on, amen? And if you married here, I think you're getting married here, man, get some spiritual guts in you and start fighting for it. Amen? Don't be a whimsy-pimsy. If I was in the world, I would have called you something else, but I'm not. For 43 years, Tish and I have had to fight for our marriage. There are many times where it could have gone sour. There are many times where she could have kicked me out and I could have kicked her. But we come back to the Word of God and we fight and we pray. And even though sometimes I bless her through gritted teeth, I will bless her. Because that's what God requires. And that's why we were still together 43 years and 4 months. It's a fight. Promises don't just come. You go, you see the people at Sun City, clink, 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 hoping, hoping, nothing comes, nothing comes. It's dumb, man. I know someone who does this, the assistance for that thing. They said, anybody who sows money is actually stupid. Because <laughs> the chance of getting it is one in a million. But we want to go through life like that. Here they're on the threshold. But I want to tell you, God said, I've given it to you. God has given us every gift. Every perfect gift comes from Him. Healing, deliverance, redemption, freedom, peace, joy, love. You can name it. But church, you have to fight for it. Will you turn to someone, show them a fist and say, I'm going to fight for it. Come and show them a fist. You see, they had to get possession. They had to get involved in warfare. Oh, my wife is driving me crazy. I want to drown her in a bath. Satan, I resist you in Jesus' name. She's a blessing. She's a good mother. She will be blessed. You speak life. You fight. It's about time us Christians got a bit of spiritual muscle. You see, they had to fight. They had to get involved with warfare. And you can look it up in Joshua 11, 18, 19, and 23. It says this. I want you to listen to these words. Joshua made war a long time with all the kings. It was a long battle to get the promise. It says, there was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel except the Hittites, the inhabitants of Gibeon. I want to tell you, hey church, <laughs> and I said last week, I think when someone gets born again and gives their life to the Lord, we tell them, you're blessed, you're welcome in the family of God, you know, the sins are gone, you, no, 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 hello, but you've just entered the greatest battlefield you ever could enter. You're going to have to fight, man. You're going to have to get in that word and speak that word. You're going to have to pray in the spirit. You've got to, you've got to look the devil straight on and say, Satan, what's happening between us is from you. I'm not accepting it. In Jesus' name, I rebuke you. You go and you speak the word and you stand. Amen? <laughs> because the minute you are born again, every demon principality and power of darkness hates you. So get used to the fact the kingdom of Satan hates you. And if you hate someone with such hate, you'll want to destroy them. But it says this, 
All the other cities they had to take in battle. So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord had said to Moses. And Joshua gave it for inheritance to Israel according to their divisions and their tribes. And only then did the land rest from war. And, and, and I'm speaking to everybody, no matter what situation you're going through. You want that peace. <laughs> You've got to fight for it. You've got to fight for it. When I see what's happening to my wife, I fight for that peace. I fight to have that joy. I fight to declare promises of God over her. I fight to see her not as she is, but as what God can do in her life. That's a battle. You fight for it. Not, oh, oh, no, oh, well, it's no good and she's going to die. And last night when I looked at her, I could have easily said, oh, well, only God can help. No, God can't help her unless I do something. God can't help you in your relationship unless you fight for it. God can't help you with your kids unless you fight him for them. Amen? <laughs> Maybe you're saying, yeah, I should have rather gone to Spur and had a breakfast this morning. You see, when Jesus died for us on the cross, <laughs> he opened all the blessings of God to us. We read that in 2 Corinthians 1.20. So in a word, he came not just to give us eternal life, but abundant life. But this abundant life only comes when we claim the promise. This is some of the stuff we do with Bible school. But you see, if the devil can rob us, who comes to steal who comes to steal? Who comes to kill? Who comes to destroy? Good, you got it. You, you, you see, if he can rob us of provision, he will. Job, in the middle of all these circumstances, he says, but I know my Redeemer lives. That's faith. Amen? Now, <laughs> it all depends on you. Just depends on you. But I want to just share some things with you. The Bible tells us to flee some things. We've got to run from some things. And some of those things are disputes, strife, controversies, um, envy, insult, gossip, blasphemy. Um, just be careful of Greed in all sorts of areas, but those are the areas where the devil will really be able to totally flatten you and destroy you. Fight the good fight. Um, I just want to get that one scripture. <laughs> Timothy is a son to Paul, and Timothy is one of Paul's favorites, I think, and Paul's trained him up. And he says this to Timothy. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Church, it's a fight. And I want to ask you, for whatever promise of God you want, start fighting today. Start fighting. Keep on fighting. Fight with a determination that you'll fight until you get the victory, because Christ has given you the victory. Amen? Mm -hmm. 
Now, why would he say such a thing to Timothy who had a Christian and received the gift of eternal life? Well, I tell you, sometimes we don't understand the gifts we have. Eternal life is not only length of life. Actually, it refers to quality of life. You want quality of life in your life. You've got to fight for it. You've got to speak it. You've got to declare it. You've got to find every promise of God and speak it out. Eternal life is God in us. And that should produce a harvest of blessing. Um, and yeah, I want to share something. If that eternal life of God is in us, it's stronger than sickness, than death, than anything the devil can put on it. But we need to fight for it. Paul, the great apostle, when he gets to the end of the road, he wrote once again to Timothy and said, now listen to this, it's, 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 <laughs> it's very important. But watch that in all, watch yourself in all things. Listen what he says. Endure afflictions. Most Christians think because I'm a Christian, I'm going to have no afflictions. I'm going to have no trouble. Nothing's going to come up against me. Hello? Wakey, wakey. It's going to happen. Amen? And it's how you handle it and what you do with it. So he says, endure afflictions. Do the work of the evangelist, make full proof of the ministry, for I'm now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. And now, look at these words, I have fought, I have fought a good fight. This great apostle Paul did what he did, was he continued fighting every minute, every day, to get God's promises. I've finished my course, I've kept the faith. Now there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me. Hmm. So Paul, the fight was at times exceeding difficult. He was shipwrecked. He was in prison. He was beaten. All sorts of things happened to him. And yet Paul is the one, and this is where I want to help, like what messages we send out. He said, I am hard-pressed, but I'm not crushed. <laughs> <laughs> I am going through the suffering, but I'm not finished. Amen? <clears throat> that needs to be our confession. Uh, 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 my, my children are in a mess, but God's not finished with them yet. Amen? Tis a sec, but God, you're going to do something because I'm believing. Amen? And that's how we've got to be. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. And I know it hasn't been a full laid out sermon, but I hope you got something this morning. I hope you realized. <sighs> times you've got to fight. You've got to put on that full armor. And Paul says in Ephesians, put on the full armor. Put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. Shod your feet with the gospel. Do you know what that means? You, you, you know what? If, if I've got shoes on, so everywhere I go, the shoes are protecting me. You've got to walk the word, man. <laughs> and pick up that shield of faith. You know, those shields used to be leather, and then they would, they, they would wet them. So when the fiery darts, the darts that they'd set on fire came in, as it hit it, it would just disappear. I don't care. Some people say, well, I haven't got enough faith. You know what? If you've got faith, small as a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Keep that shield up. I have faith. I want to remind you again what I said earlier. Abraham said, against all hope, I hope. 
I don't know what some of you are going through this morning. Might even be worse than us. Maybe you're battling with relationships, children. I don't know what you're doing. Maybe it's your workplace. But Christ is our only hope. And when we stop hoping, and we stop having faith, and we stop fighting, we've lost the battle. And I, and, and I want to close with one little thing. I picked up Tisha's Passion Bible yesterday. She's so fond of it. And the very thing in what she's written in the cover is from the Passion Bible from Ecclesiastes. There's nothing better than to obey God. Sometimes we don't want to obey. Sometimes we want to slip back into our old self. Sometimes we want to, we want to have that little or whatever. Sometimes we feel, Ach, why must I go on with this relationship? Look at everybody out there. Obey God and you'll be blessed. Just obey Him. And that's part of the fight because it's a fight to say, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. It's a fight. I've, I've got a strange habit. And... Um, it started when I was small because my brother was seven years older than me and him and his friends used to tease the living daylights out of me. <laughs> and when they'd start, I would get my back against the wall. And I'd do this, you better watch it, I'm getting my temper up. You better watch it, I'm getting my temper up. And when I moved, they ran. Because I nearly killed a guy once with half a brick and he was seven years older than me. I'd work my temper up. Now that I do now. So I'm on that cross. I've died to self. I'm sanctified. I'm justified on that cross, whether I believe it or not. And this is my victory. If Christ had to go through that to give me the victory then sometimes I need to die to myself and crucify my flesh so that I can get the victory. It's not easy. But when you know you're crucified on that cross, when you know you die to yourself, the Holy Spirit steps in, His grace steps in, and you'll be an overcomer. And that's my prayer for you this morning. Father, I pray for each one this morning. Lord, in the natural, we could do many things. But Father, I'm asking this morning that we won't get our emotions up. We won't get despair. We won't get discouraged. We won't give up. We won't see things as hopeless. We will see on that cross, we are more than conquerors. We are more than overcomers. I pray over everyone here. You love, the, you love each one so much, every one of us. But I hope they'll remember the words that you said to Joshua. It's the land I've given you. But they had to fight long and hard for it. And I pray that none of us would become slack there. As we said last week from Isaiah 60, we will arise from our circumstances and depression and see the glory that is upon us. Lord, your glory is on us. You're the one 
we looked at last week at the scriptures that you are a warrior, mighty in battle. You clothe yourself with a cloak of zeal and you put on the helmet of salvation. And I thank you we have you as our Father, the greatest warrior. And let us be like you. Let us rise up out of the things that are trying to press us down. As Paul said, make us crushed, but we are not in Jesus' name. Let us rise up and confess and declare your word with boldness and authority. Let us speak life into every situation. And I, I, I just feel I especially need to speak to some parents this morning as we pray. It doesn't matter, and you might say, you haven't got a heart, Pastor. I'm not saying it in that way. I'm, I, I, I'm not concerned about what's going on with your children. You speak the word. You speak life. You declare it over them. You decree it over them. You pray in the spirit over them, and they don't have to physically be in front of you. But you do it. Your marriages, your business, your workplace, whatever it is, I'm going to ask you, will you arise? And fight the good fight of faith in Jesus' name. So Holy Spirit, I pray you'll be with us. Holy Spirit, I pray you'll lead and guide us, direct us. And I pray that this week is going to be more than a victorious week. That every promise we will fight for and we will possess it. And then we'll have peace. Lord, give each one the other strength. Give them the wisdom. Give them the understanding to stand and fight and put that armor on. Because actually the victory was on that cross more than 2,000 years ago. And we praise you for that victory this morning. And I pray each one, each one, each one here, and even those not here who are away this weekend, will rise up and walk in that power and that victory and possess the land. Some of you have been thinking, will I ever get there? Will I ever possess it? Will I ever get those promises? Stand up today and fight for it. It will come to you. So I pray, Lord, for that, that spirit. Like Paul says, I've run that good race. I've fought the good fight. To just be in each and every heart here this morning. And that your peace and your love and your joy will fill their hearts. And that they'll know the joy of your presence, Holy Spirit, in all they do. We ask this in that beautiful, wonderful name, the name above all names, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And in and through that name, we know there's nothing our God can't do. And we stand on that this morning. And we praise you. We praise you that you so loved us, that you died on that cross for us, that we could walk in this victory, have eternal life, and be able to praise you in all circumstances. I just pray for that peace to fill every heart this morning. I want you just to take a minute or two and just, just literally breathe the Spirit in as it were. Just, just, just take that breath and just, just receive that peace in your life. Just receive that peace. Just, just be so secure this morning that you're in the palm of His hand. And He says nothing will pluck you out of it. Nothing. He will never leave you. Even if you feel like it, no, he will never leave you, he'll never forsake you. Romans tells us nothing can separate you from his love. Just see the magnitude of that for you in your life. And for a minute or two, just, just soak it in and just thank him for it.
Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We're going to just stand and we're going to sing that song that there's nothing our God can do. And I want you to believe it this morning. But as we sing that song, there's nothing our God can do. I want you to see you have a role to play. I want you to see your role this morning and fight that fight in Jesus' name. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me.